CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live Bible answer program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a question on the Bible or the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. That's 1 888 Ask CSN. Now let's get things started. Here's today's host. Aloha, everyone. This is Pastor Gerald Skinner of Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, on To Every Man and Answer, and we're looking forward to another great program of you giving us a call, asking those Bible questions about God, about life, about if you need counseling or you need prayer or about Bible prophecy, we are here for you. And with me today is a very special uh, guest host, uh, John Randall from Calvary Chapel, South Orange County, South OC, in San Clemente, California. John, it's great to have you on with us today. How you uh, doing? I'm doing good, brother. It's so great to see you. It's been a minute, and uh, so thankful for you and your ministry, and just blessed to to be able to fill in today. Yeah, we're we're excited. I'm excited to be on today, and uh, uh, and and you being on with with me today. These are exciting times that we're living in, as everyone knows. And folks, I just want to get the phone number out there right away. Give us a call. There's some lines open right now. It's one eighty eight eighty eight. Ask A S K C S N. Ask CSN, one ask CSN. Give us a call. Whatever questions you might have about God, the Bible. A lot of times uh, there's things going on. Uh, it could be on, on radio out there or television or in your church, and you're going, is that really right? And I believe that's the Holy Spirit just putting that big old question mark in your brain and saying, hey, you need to check this out. Make sure what, what's going on from the pulpit, what's going on from uh, from the airwaves is absolutely true according to the Word of God. One thing we like to focus in on here at CSN and, and to every man answer is making sure that you have sound biblical doctrine because that's so vitally important these last days. Jesus talks about false Christ and false teachers and false prophets. And that's all through the New Testament. And of course, there's the, the last day's church of, of Laodicea, which is lukewarm. And, uh, and it's important for us to make sure that we're the church of Philadelphia in those last days. We keep the word of God. We will not deny his name. He says that will keep you from the hour of trial that will come upon the whole world. Which, to me, uh, John, as we look to these last days, uh, where do you think we fit in the whole timeline of the tribulation coming and then the rapture of the church and, and so forth with, with the events that are happening across our world right now? Of course, we have Israel and the hostage crisis going on right now, and they're setting them free. They're holding off on the war plans over there. And I think there's been 75 Israelis set free, 20 uh, foreigners that have been set free. But we still have a lot of hostages still left to uh, to be set free, and they've become bargaining chips, of course, by Hamas uh, <clears throat> to stop the uh, fighting there in Israel. Where do you think we sit right now in the time of bi- biblical prophecies and uh, the last days and the rapture of the church? How close are we, John? Well, I think, uh, as the Bible says, uh, Daryl, that our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. That I know for sure. No man knows the day or the hour, but we are to be discerning. We are to be looking up, Jesus said, to watch and be ready. And I, I think that, uh, I, you know, I, I thought a few years ago, this surely this is the, but God is long suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. He's holding out and people who are, who, you know, would scoff as Peter says, uh, you know, well, it's always been the way that it is. Hey, listen, that God is just long suffering. I believe that Jesus is coming soon. We are in the last. In fact, I believe we're in the overtime, the last of the last days, perhaps. And uh, I'm excited about the trumpet sounding and getting ready to go. And until that time, we occupy, we preach the gospel, we seek to lead people to Jesus Christ. You know what? I think that's so vitally important, what you just shared, is 
we preach the gospel, we seek to lead people to Christ, and of course, you come to church as a believer, you're going to be strengthened in the faith, you're a disciple of the Lord as the word of God is being taught and and, and preached from the pulpits of America and, and throughout the world, and, and then you take what you have received, you apply it, and then you uh, go out there and, and just be that, uh, I like what Mike says, a sunbeam to this world, and and uh, and and just shining brightly to the world, you know. As Pastor Mike uh, does such a great job, Mike Kessler, he does such a great job in hosting this program and and being the the founder and all. Uh, it's just it's just phenomenal how God is expanding uh, so many radio stations from four hundred to almost be five hundred possibly by the next year and so forth. And God is just doing a tremendous work through to every man and answer, and of course CSN Christian Satellite Network. And it's thrilling to see in these last days. But hitting the nail on the head is this. We we must continue as a church to be soul winners. We can't just sit and wait for the rapture. That's not the purpose that Jesus saved us and he's discipling us. We've got to be those bright lights to this world. We've got to be the salt of the earth that is maintaining righteousness. We must not compromise. We must, must not throw in the towel or quit. And we must run for God in these last days. And John, as you have your your church there in San Clemente, uh, I know you got a lot of great things going on. Uh, why don't you share with the folks just some of the the things that you see as as your outreaches into uh, the community or into the world? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Of course, we do have uh, missions that go around the globe in all different continents. Right now, we have people being sent out and people who are on the field presently. Um, but right now, being that it is the Christmas season, we're entering into. We have several opportunities to really reach in to the community and actually make a difference. Yesterday I was on our local public high school, uh, Daryl, and I was in a, in the gymnasium, was invited to come there by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And there was probably 130 to 150 kids lining the gym. They had pizza and that was part of the reason to bring them in, but <laughs> I was able to share the gospel and I held nothing back. I told them that there are two roads, there are two gates, there are two destinations, and there's two kinds of people. Which one, and, and depending on which road you choose will determine where you end up when you die. There's a real heaven, there's a real hell. And I just feel like those kind of opportunities just to unashamedly preach the gospel. This next uh, Saturday, we're going to be on the street. Our city has this huge extravaganza during Christmas where all the shops come out. We're going to be set up uh singing uh actually what Christmas is all about, which is really exciting. It's that one time a year when you can sing about Jesus and they can't really do much about it because it's, well, that's what the songs are about. And then uh, we just had a Christmas tree lighting event uh, here in the community. We were invited again. We're invited back this next uh two weeks from today. So we're just really filling this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it seems, Daryl, like at this time of year, people are more open yes. and they're thinking about it. And so I think we got to capitalize on that. Amen. Amen. Uh, one last question for you, John. We'll get to the phones, and that is, what what time are your services on Sunday morning? And of course, you, I'm sure you have a website. Uh, just let the folks know out there, and they can come in at ten and and get fired up for for the Lord. Got it. Yeah, on Wednesday night, seven p.m., and of course Sunday mornings, seven forty-five, nine thirty, and eleven thirty here in San Clemente. And there's so many other things. You can go to Calvary South OC or calvarysoc.com, get more information. You can go to Instagram, see John Paul Randall there, or you can go to uh, Calvary South OC as well on Instagram, get all the information you need. It's readily available for you. Totally awesome. Hey, let's go to the phones and let's go to, uh, uh, looks like it's, uh, Wayne, is it Wayne in, uh, Wayne in Washington on the book of Jeremiah? Hopefully I've got that right. Or that yes, is absolutely correct. Jeremiah sixteen sixteen. 
You know, I've been reading this, and first of all, I just want to say I love you guys' show, and I appreciate the truth, and I appreciate the updates on Israel and stuff. Israel is really close to my heart. Amen. And so this is talking a little bit about Israel and everything and the Jews' return and previous chapter, previous section, but then it turns to this verse, and I'm just, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. And I'm a fisherman and I'm a hunter, and I've got a kids' fishing ministry. So, um, with that said, but now I will send for many fishermen, declares the Lord, and they will catch them. After that, I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt them down on every mountain and hill from the crevices in the rocks. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around that and what that really means. I I just can't I, I just can't figure it out. And I'd love your insight on that. John, you want to take a shot at this one right off the bat? Well, I think um, when you look at scriptures like this, Wayne, and of course you're considering here that uh, Jeremiah is prophesying, and oftentimes when um, we find the prophets were prophesying, they would be there would be a near fulfillment of the things that they were prophesying and mean it would happen perhaps in their lifetime or a little thereafter. And then there were other moments when they would prophesy and there would be a future fulfillment, something that would happen much later on. And oftentimes they didn't even understand what it was that they were writing. In fact, at one point, Daniel asked the Lord, what, what is this? And the Lord said, Daniel, seal that up. That's not for you to know. That's for, that's for later on. This is something in the future. So they didn't fully understand. But when you come to passages like this that you pointed out, it's important to read the verses in their context. Who is Jeremiah writing to? Is this something present or is this something in the future? And it would seem to be writing about the days concerning the restoration of Israel. And so if you go on beyond the fishermen and the hunters, you get to verse 17 and you keep reading and it says, for my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face, nor is their iniquity hidden from my eyes. And first I will repay double for their iniquity and their sin because they have defiled my land. And they have filled my inheritance with the carcasses of the detestable and abominable idols. What it seems here when the Lord's talking about fishermen and hunters, what do they do? They, they go after something. They, they seek to capture it. It's almost like the Lord is saying, not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, Daryl, that this is like, I'm going to send literal fishermen and literal hunters, but the same way a fisherman goes after a fish and pursues it, the same way that a hunter pursues game and waits and pursues it, the Lord is saying, this is what I'm going to do concerning those who have affected my land. You know, as, as also we look at this passage, I think one of the key elements is also found in verse 11. Then you shall say to them, because your fathers have forsaken me, says the Lord, they have walked after other gods and have served them and worshiped them and have forsaken me and not kept my law. And you have done worse than your fathers. For behold, each one follows the dictates of his own evil heart so that no one listens to me. And this, unfortunately, was a condition of uh, of the folks there in Israel and what was happening from the northern kingdom to the southern kingdom, of course. And it's, it's tragic. And with this reference to these these hunters and fishermen, and John so aptly shared, it's, it's what's going to happen to Israel. God, in his judgment, is, is pulls away his hand of protection, and he permits the, the Babylonians who are going to come in and destroy. And this is going to take place. And uh, it's a tragic situation, but it's also a great lesson for all of us. Uh, as Joshua said way back there, right after uh, the Torah, that Moses 
first five books, of course, the law. He, he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you want to serve the gods of Egypt or other gods of foreign lands and so on and so forth, you do that. That's your choice. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this is a vitally important us, of us as Christians in these last days. As for me and my house, we will follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We will not follow the culture. We're not going to follow the, the whims of this world or the, the, the things of the flesh and so forth. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. They're not of the Father, they're of the world. And this is our great lesson for us in these last days, that we follow the Lord, because uh, Satan is truly a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And right now, they're on the the, the cutting edge here in Jeremiah to to take out uh, Israel and so forth and Judah, and, and the Babylonians are going to be used. So hopefully that helps you out, my friend. Does that uh, bless your heart and give you the answer that you're Open for it's a little bit different insight and and all that and um, yeah you know I kind of I I, I, pick, I picked up on the idols and stuff like that but I was just really trying to sort how it was tied together with the them going in and and I I kind of understood that it was about going in and getting going in and getting but I really was trying to wrap my head around what that looked like and how that how that took place and and after and and like you'd said if it took place then or if it's going to be taking place now i mean there's so much stuff going on with israel now and and everything and the, and and still there's so many that you know, have their eyes closed there and and also no i thank you so much and i appreciate you guys so you know what uh, every day uh, I can. Thank you, Wayne. And, you know, one thing that's exciting, what's happened in Israel, the people that I've been in touch with, I don't know about you, John, but, uh, you know, people are, are, are seeking God. They're, they know they're in desperate situations. They cannot depend on their technology. They can't depend on their physical strength or military strength. But people are turning to God and they're praying. I mean, you listen to these hostages that were taken. They're praying to God. Soldiers in the field, they're praying to God. I saw a picture of an IDF soldier who uh, was carrying a, the book of Psalms and a bullet uh, had hit the book of Psalms and protected wow. him from it going into his body. Uh, so these are, these are times of, uh, uh, I guess it's times of revelation to the Jewish people in Israel, especially and, and across the world that, uh, they need to return to Yahweh and they need to come to Jesus Christ. Now they don't know that yet, but returning to Yahweh and then coming to Jesus Christ, which will tremendously take place. In the tribulation period, as 144,000 Jews will be anointed by God, sealed by God, and they'll be preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And many, many Jews are going to be saved. John, you want to add to this? No, I would agree with that. I think it's amazing to see. And, and you know, it's interesting when I remember uh, seeing some footage of when the men were, the, the guys were taking their uh, parachutes and they were dropping down in that open field where there was this, where they were dancing. You remember and and when they took some of the hostages and they were, there was a huge statue to Buddha out there. I thought this, you know, you look back at the old Testament and that's what God's people were doing then. They had these statues that they were worshiping and calves that they were bowing down to. And, and it's, it's amazing to see that God loves his people so much and the tragedies that have happened are un, unspeakable, and we can't even imagine what they're going through, and we're praying for them. But like you said, Daryl, these difficulties is causing them to look to their God. He loves them so much. He pursues them. And like in the days of Babylon, when the Lord, it's like, I, I'm going to send, I'm, I'm going to, you know, draw these people back to myself. I'm going to go after them. And, and I'm so glad that the Lord pursues us. Amen. Amen. Hey, Wayne, God bless you, my friend. Stay on the line. We have some gifts for you and all the callers. We have gifts for all the callers that call in. 
Uh, you'll be receiving God of Wonders, a great video. Also, It's Time to Grow, a booklet by Pastor Mike Kessler, and 101 Last Days Prophecies, as well as Evolution versus God. And uh, also, we have uh, just a few left. The entire Revelation series by Chuck Missler, and uh, you'll be you'll you'll be super blessed with that teaching. It'll be awesome. So Wayne, thanks for calling in. Let's go to Lawrence in uh, California. There, uh, Lawrence, how can we help you out today? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Um, I was just calling. Uh, I don't know. I I come from a. Uh, I'm a dad of three. Um, uh, I just had a really tough past, and it, uh, I I read the Bible every day, but unfortunately, I. I feel like sometimes now that I'm reading it just because of superstition, um, I'm having a trouble um, believing that um, that God is capable of, of uh, forgiving my past. Uh, and I know how that sounds. It sounds terrible. Um, on top of that, I, I, I just, even though I preach to my kids that, you know, Jesus is the only way, I'm just not, I don't know what's going on and I'm scared. It's kind of been scaring me. And I, um, even with our family going through things right now, and, in the present time, I feel like it's because I'm not doing the stuff the right way, and I just can't can't get past it. So I uh, I was calling to um, for some prayer. So, yeah, you know, Lawrence, I think we all go through times like this in our lives. It's just a sometimes there's just a weakening of our faith, a shaking of our faith, whatever causes those events to take place. Uh, sometimes it's just we're kind of we've become lukewarm in our commitment to Christ. And and the Word of God is just not as lively as it once was. But I want you to know that when you read the Word of God, it is it is the facts to your faith. It is it is the foundation to your faith. And and you've got to just grip the Word of God and say, Lord, I believe in it with all my heart. And I need this doubt or I need this confusion removed because Satan is the author of confusion. And, and, and just make sure that when you go to read, you just go to prayer first and just Clear your mind of thoughts that you know are ungodly. The Bible says to take our thoughts captive. And sometimes you got to just clear your mind of ungodly thoughts, ungodly ideas that Satan tries to, uh, uh, you know, shoot those fiery darts in there and pick up that shield of faith, block those fiery darts. And don't let those, those, uh, those ideas penetrate your mind and heart. And, and then you got, when you read the word of God, just say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. And he will. And when you read it, it is not uh, it's, it's a book of, of facts for your life, and you you grab onto it as as strongly as anything you ever grab onto in your life. It's a code of conduct. It's the rulership of life. It's the righteousness of God. It's the goodness of God. And always remember too. And I'm going to talk hand over to John here in a moment. Lawrence, always realize the Bible says that His mercies are new every morning. What a great promise. This is not like, well, maybe for other people. No, it's for all of us. His mercies are new every morning. Take your sins, whatever they might be, you confess them to God. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So don't let the devil tell you you're still guilty of the past. Get that thought of your mind. There's no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. And just go to the word and let it just cleanse you, wash you, help you, bless you, and encourage you in your faith. John, go ahead. I'm sure you got some good things to share with Lawrence. You know, Lawrence, the truth of the matter is we all have a past, and that's why Jesus came and died. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about his past, and I want to remind you of something that he said in Philippians chapter 3, in verse 13. He said, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, listen, Lawrence, forgetting 
those things which are behind and I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead and I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Lawrence, there's no looking back. The, the, the past is the past. You can't do anything about that, but you can certainly do something about the present and about the future as you just walk with Jesus. Listen, someone told me one time, and I thought it was so encouraging, when the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. Your future is as bright as the promises of God, brother. You are free in Christ. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You don't have to live in the flesh any longer. You can walk and live in the power of the Holy Spirit that's made available to you. And that will be our prayer for you today, brother. Amen. You know, uh, Lawrence, I'll share a quick story. Uh, there was a, an event in a church. We were young as a church. We went through a, a tough, difficult time. And and I just felt like such a failure at that moment as a pastor. Uh, some things had happened. I go, oh, Lord, what's what's going on? I just And uh, we had a Korean service after our English services in the afternoon. And the Korean pastor just happened to walk in and he saw me. He goes, are you okay? You look horrible. I go, oh, I am feeling horrible, you know. And he goes, and I told him what was going on. He goes, okay. We're going to pray that your faith be strengthened in this situation. And he prayed a beautiful prayer for me. And, you know, the moment he ended, my inner man was just strengthened by the Lord. And, and everything just began to unfold and work out. So, uh, John, would you pray for Lawrence right now? Just his faith just grows in the Lord. And you got to just use him tremendously in these last days. Father, thank you for Lawrence and just his transparency and willingness to call today and ask for prayer. And thank you, Lord, that as we pray, there are listeners all around the country who are joining us in unified intercession for our brother today. Lord, and I pray for him as a father. Lord, I thank you for his children. Lord, I pray that he would seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and all these things that he's concerned about would be added unto him. Lord, we pray against the wiles of the devil, the thoughts of the evil one, those fiery darts, Lord, that love to uh, penetrate our minds. And we pray for the helmet of salvation, all the armor to be clothed on our brother today. And Lord, that when he hangs up this phone today, Lord, there would just be a sense of release and just that God is doing something new and the Spirit of God would fall afresh upon Lawrence's life and you'd make all things new, Lord, in your time. We thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you, Lawrence. We've got those same gifts for you as we just shared with, uh, I think it was Wayne before. And uh, may you be blessed in the Lord. May you go for God. Just, just uh, you know, read read the book of Philippians. It's a great book of joy and 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 strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just read it and just digest it and and get strengthened in the Lord once again. Let's go for God. Okay, my friend? Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you God so bless much. you, bro. Take care. Stay strong. Hey, let's go to Mindy in Montana. Mindy, how you doing? Good. How are you today? Doing great, thank you. What what can we do for you? So I was listening to the program earlier, and you guys were talking about how you were sweeping through the ghettos in India and those kind of places to spread Yahweh's name. And I'm just kind of wondering if there is missionaries and stuff here in the United States that go through our ghetto system to help strengthen the family and Jesus and sweep through our ghettos to spread the name of Yahweh. And maybe we could get a control on some of the bullying and that kind of stuff if we strengthen some of the family here. That's a great, uh, great comment. And uh, you know what? I know the local churches, we 
we're all trying to do our share in our communities and uh, uh, whatever neighborhood it might be, it doesn't really matter uh, as long as you can be safe for everybody. But, uh, you know, we do want to reach out to, to everyone. And America has been very inundated with the gospel. Uh, and unfortunately, so many people are not listening. But uh, we, we don't want to just say, hey, we're going to reach, uh, if you don't mind me saying, Beverly Hills. Uh, but we're going to reach every every community and, and every race, uh, no matter who they are, where they are, what they believe. We want to reach all people for Christ. And I think, you know, I think that's really our, our you know, I know that's our position trying to reach people. I can't say we have missionaries going to specific ghettos, whatever, which ghettos they might be. Uh, but here on these islands of Hawaii that we live, we try to reach uh, every community, rich, poor, uh, doesn't matter, uh, you know, the economic class, uh, because we want to reach people for Jesus and watch God use their lives and save their marriages and families and so on and so forth. So, uh, John, what would you give uh, as a as a comment to uh, to our dear sister at, at this time, Mindy? Mindy, I really appreciate the question, and I uh, share your passion and your desire to see people saved in, in all parts. You know, Jesus, when he gave us the Great Commission there in Matthew's Gospel, the 28th chapter, he said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, and that includes everywhere. And I think, hey, we're right here. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to go across the ocean. You can go across the street. Listen, the the, the opportunity to evangelize is everywhere. In fact, in our church, in our foyer, there's a massive sign as you exit, and the words read, you are now entering your mission field. So every person that walks through those doors and exits our church knows the mission field is right outside those doors. And we have a mandate from heaven to take this message of the gospel everywhere, into the ghettos, into the streets, everywhere. And um, and we, I know for us here in our church, we have people that go into the gang areas and minister to the next generation who are already being uh, trying to be taken and put into the gangs, and they're seeking to reach these kids before they get to that point. Many of them are fatherless. Many of them are surrounded by drugs and alcohol and violence, and we're trying to to get to them before that happens. And I think this is important for us, and I couldn't agree more. May God raise up more people, Mindy, uh, to to do that. And I pray that that's what you're doing in Montana as well. And, and you know, Mindy, we're going to have a break here in just a second, but uh... – what would it be cool if everybody's listening to this radio program and CSN, if everybody listening right now would say, I'm going to call somebody, invite them to church this Sunday. We have four, over four, well, almost 450 stations with all the listeners. They say, all of us, we're going to invite someone to church this Sunday. Let them hear the gospel message uh, and let them get saved. Amen. Because the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon them and bring them to salvation. But it starts with each and every one of us as we take that time to do that work for God. So it's, these are exciting times that we're living in. They're, they're thrilling times. These are soul winning times. It's, it's going to be awesome. Let's let God work. We just got to do our part. Give the invitation. Let him bring the salvation. Amen. Okay. We're going to take a break right now, folks. And so, uh, hang in there. We'll be right back in just about a minute or so. And God bless y'all. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus 
MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. In 2007, when Dan Steiner, president of Preborn, cried out to God, what can I do for you? The answer came loud and clear. I sense God's broken heart over the issue of abortion. You see, he sees every little baby that's being formed in the mother's womb, and it breaks his heart to see when the lifetime that he has planned for them is taken from them violently so often. But if we can get a mom into one of our clinics and show her her baby, and she has that uh, close encounter of the best kind in her womb, she will choose life. Preborn Network of Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion. To learn more about the life-saving work of Preborn, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax-deductible. Your love can save a life. Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, filling in for Pastor Mike Kessler. And uh, our special guest we have on today is John Randall of Calvary Chapel South OC, Orange County, in San Clemente, California. And we were just talking to Mindy, and she's talking about not only do we have outreaches across the world and in the mission field and in every part of the earth, and and what about our own inner cities or, or places that uh, people have kind of given up on, you know? And uh, I think it's important for us to realize that the gospel is working in every place of the world, of course, in America, but truly we must all be uh, soul winners. We must be active Christians, as we have the book of Acts, active Christians, reaching out with the gospel constantly. If if every Sunday you say, you know, today I'm going to invite this family member or this friend who's not saved to church, I want them to hear the gospel. All they can say is no, but, you know, sometimes the squeaky wheel gets to grease. And pretty soon they get tired of saying, no, okay, I'll go already. Just stop asking me. And, uh, and that's kind of part of what I happened to me when I was younger. And I finally just went, you know, and, and ended up getting saved and all those things. So give it a shot, folks, this this week. It's, we got a few days before Sunday. Call a friend, email them, text them, whatever it is. Hey, why don't you join me for church? We'll go to lunch together afterwards. We'll go to breakfast, whatever it might be. We'll go to brunch. Uh, food is always a good thing. I like, uh, John, you were sharing about the high school earlier, and you said the, uh, that they, uh, I think it was a fellowship of Christian athletes, and, and you had pizza there. Uh, it's pizza for Jesus. Amen. And you want to reach these young people. It's a great way to reach them. It's a lot of fun. I don't know, Mindy, are you still in line or not? I'm not sure. Yes, sir. Oh, God bless you, dear sister. So I, I just encourage all of us at local churches, wherever we are, uh, whether we have teams that are going into certain areas, certain neighborhoods, certain places, 
We've got to reach everyone for Jesus, and that's the real key. And Mindy, if you stay on the line, we're going to send you those special gifts, uh, the videos of God of Wonders, Evolution versus God, Pastor Mike Kessler's book, uh, It's Time to Grow, as well as 101 Last Days Prophecies, and uh, the Chuck Missler's set on Revelation. I know that you're going to be blessed. We always encourage people, once you watch it all, then share it with others and encourage them to watch also, and hopefully the unsaved will be saved. Mindy, thank you so much for calling me. Have a beautiful day in the Lord. And let's go to Maryland up in Live Oak, California. Maryland, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? And thank you for taking my call. Well, you're welcome, and thank you. We're doing very well. Thank you. How can we help you out? I've been pondering this scripture from Acts chapter 3, verses 19 through 21, and especially uh, verse 21, because we're all expecting the, the Lord's soon return or the rapture, or something. But according to verse 21, it says, speaking of Jesus, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. That's King James Version. But I've been asking different pastors, what does this mean? And nobody seems to know, so I wanted to get your comments on it. Well, that's a great question, and uh, John, I'll hand it over to you, let you run with this in Acts chapter 3, and verse 19 to 21. Of course, just to put things in their um, context, if you've read through the book of Acts, you know that this is right after a, a miracle has taken place, and it's always good to put things in their context. A miracle has taken place right there in by the temple. Peter and John have gone up to pray, and there's a blind, or a lame man, I should say, sitting there. He'd been there for a long time. He reaches out his hand thinking that Peter and John are going to help him, and suddenly they respond and say, listen, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Suddenly this man is walking and leaping, and he's running around, and people are in awe, and they gather all around Peter and John, and they're amazed at what has happened. And Peter uses this opportunity not to take an offering after a healing, but actually to preach the gospel. And he begins to talk about uh, about Jesus. And as he's doing so, he goes through, and I'm just looking at, as the people are asking, he gives all the glory to God and, and what he has done and, and what he's accomplished. Then you get down there, um, verse 17, yet you, yet now, brethren, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance as you did also your rulers. She's talking about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, verse 18. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets, that Christ would suffer, he has fulfilled. Peter says, listen, the prophets long before Jesus came said that he was going to be the lamb that was slain. I mean, this is this is something that was, you can go back through biblical prophecy, Isaiah, and so many other places uh, the Psalms and find that this was so. Peter said, all those passages, they've been fulfilled. What's the response? Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, whom he has preached to you as before, whom heaven must receive until the time of the restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his prophets since the world began. And then he goes on to talk about the things that Moses said and how that prophet would be raised up. So, you know, when you look at that passage, whom heaven must receive until the time of the restoration of all things. In other words, there's coming a time when all things are going to be restored. Again, you could go back to the Old Testament prophets and you'll discover that they prophesied concerning a day that would come when Jesus Christ was going to rule and reign 
forever. In fact, David was told in Second Samuel chapter 7 in the Davidic covenant that one of his line, there would be a king that would come and take the throne of Jerusalem and he would reign forever. There is going to be a day when there is the restoration of all things. Presently, the Lord is seated at the right hand of the Father until it's time for the restoration of all things. And And as I read that, I, I think this is talking about the return of Christ as it relates to the second coming when he is going to come and he's going to first judge the earth during the tribulation. At the end of that, he's going to, Revelation chapter 19, he's going to come. He's going to strike the Antichrist, the false prophet, place him in the lake of fire. The Satan's going to be bound for a thousand years. There's going to be the beginning of that restoration of all things. So I think Peter's talking about that. When I, when I read that in its context, that's what I think. Uh, Daryl, I'm curious your take on that. Yeah, you know, great answer, John, as usual. And and uh, as we look to the scriptures, the prophets speak of this 1,000-year reign of Jesus as he returns a second time, Revelation 19, he returns a second time. Then he establishes his millennial kingdom, the 1,000-year reign. He will be upon the throne of David. And that which the prophets prophesied in regards to Israel will then be fulfilled. In other words, They'll live in peace and prosperity. Their king has come, Jesus. And, of course, the rest of the world will enjoy the fruits of the labor of our Lord. And and that 1,000-year reign is going to be totally awesome and beautiful. And as John shared, too, is it's going to expand not only to the 1,000-year reign, but then there'll be a new heavens, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem of which righteousness dwells, and we get to live in forever and ever and ever, all believers in Jesus Christ. And so... And it's a fulfillment of all these things. Now, there's an interesting passage in Acts chapter 1. And in Acts chapter 1, Jesus was asked a question by his disciples. Jesus is resurrected, of course, and he's going to be ascending to heaven. And they said this, therefore, in verse 6, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Right now, you know, you just rose from the grave and you're going to be ascending, but let's do it now. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Jesus didn't say he wasn't going to. He just says it's not for you to know the times or seasons, because why? You guys are going to be around. In other words, you're going to die and or be martyred, whatever the case might be. Death is still the same thing. But uh, and and you know what? But it's going to be in the last days. It's, it's it's our days. We're able to look at the scriptures now and say, you know what? We're so close to the second coming of Christ. We're so close to the rapture of the church, the great tribulation period, and then the establishment of the millennial reign of Christ, one thousand year reign, which is uh, uh, it's going to be probably returning more like the Garden of Eden times and so forth. Just beautiful vegetation and incredible longevity of life and so forth, and lion uh, and the serpent lying down with the lamb and all these things, and it's going to be phenomenal. And we get to be a part of it. The Bible says all believers in Christ right now, we're the bride of Christ. We're going to return with the Lord, and we're going to be a kingdom of spiritual uh, priests. And we're going to be ministering to those who did not take the mark of the beast and their children, their children, their children, the spiritual things of our Lord, and, and understanding and receiving the love of Christ, the love of God, and all that he has to offer them as they live in that 1,000-year reign. So we have more more work to do on planet Earth. And then we'll head off to the new heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem. So exciting times ahead, uh, Marilyn. Does that uh, answer your question? And I add one thing to that just for the sake of. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, John. Thinking, you know, when Adam sinned in the garden and Marilyn, I know you know this and, and Daryl, you know this, that that's when everything fell apart and, and things that were once perfect were marred by sin. But there is coming a day when um, 
things would be restored. Again, this is seen throughout the prophets. But one of the passages that comes to mind is um, in Romans chapter 8. You remember when the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 21, he says that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. He's talking about creation that was also marred, is groaning, waiting for the the restoration of all things. I always tell people like if a tree could talk, and by the way, they don't, but if they could, (laughs) you should have seen me before the fall. You think this is beautiful. You think that this is amazing. Wait till the restoration of all things. I mean, that is is something that's coming in the future. New heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. I make all things new. There's going to be something restored that was marred. And I think that is what Peter is referring to. Absolutely. Marilyn, are, are we with you? Are you with us? I'm still with you, yes. Oh, definitely. Oh. I re- really appreciated your answers. And uh, I guess what I'm really pondering with is I'm looking for the restoration of all things. And I'm wondering, is Jesus coming back before that or after that? And from this verse, that's what I'm trying to figure from this verse. But I'm definitely going to keep searching and keep all of your uh, comments in, in mind because it was very, very good. No, he, he just to give you some info here. He is coming to restore all things. He's the he's the one that restores, uh, and that would be at his at his second coming to be a thousand year reign of Christ. All the promises, the uh, the Davidic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, Palestinian covenant, uh, uh, all these covenants are going to be fulfilled in Christ, and it all be there for the nation of Israel as well as for the whole world. And we're going to be rejoicing during the thousand years with the Lord. Uh, and then we'll then we'll head off to the new heavens and new earth. You know, Satan is bound for that thousand years, and then he's going to be released at the end. There'll be one final rebellion against the Lord, and he'll take care of all of his enemies. They're going to be then cast to the lake of fire, which we commonly call hell. And then uh, all the all believers in Jesus will head off to the new heavens, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. As John aptly said earlier about in Peter, Second uh, Peter it talks about this. This this existence that we have today, this universe and all that's with us, it's going to just be burned up. The Bible says it'll melt with fervent heat. It's going to be done away with as we head off to the new heavens, new earth, and a new Jerusalem. So that's uh, that that'll be the absolute, if you will, fulfillment of restoration. But there'll still be a restoration of all the promises made by the prophets of God from the Old Testament. But Marilyn, stay on the line. We'll get you those beautiful gifts. Uh, God of Wonders, Evolution versus God, and the books and, and the Prophecy of Revelation series by Chuck Mistlers. And I know you're going to be super blessed. And keep growing the Lord and give us a call back anytime. We love you. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to Terry in, um, Pocatello, Idaho. How you doing, Terry? Doing good. Wonderful. How can we help you out today? Um, well, I kind of have a two part question. Um, the first part is I was kind of interested in why uh, Daniel is uh, not doesn't seem to be in chapter three, so to speak. And then um, the other question was, as I was also listening to something else uh, on another uh, uh, teaching on the on CSN, and he was kind of talking and referring to that there was like maybe more than one Nebuchadnezzar. Um, it might have been okay. in a sense like. Um, you know, where Caesar, there was more than one Caesar because it was a ti- more of a title than a name. Anyway, I was one, I was curious about those items. Well, that's great curiosity. Good questions. Uh, John, what do you want to say about uh, Daniel chapter 3? And uh, then we'll tackle Nebuchadnezzar. 
It's a really good question. I've even asked that myself, Terry, and I appreciate it. You know, I think I've learned in studying through the Bible through the years that where the Bible is silent, we're silent. We don't, if, if we don't have an answer, if God doesn't say where Daniel was or he doesn't reveal it, then basically what we do, and, and many pastors and scholars have speculated, and that's really what you come up with. And there are a few options. Some say that um, the reason Daniel isn't mentioned is because he was the ruler over the entire province of Babylon and and he was in charge of all its wise men. And perhaps he was sent away on an assignment by Nebuchadnezzar, although the Bible doesn't say that. It's plausible. Maybe he was. Um, others say because Daniel's promotion and his place in the royal court, according to Daniel chapter 2, verse 49, that Nebuchadnezzar had exempted Daniel from the command to bow down to the golden statue. Eh, it doesn't say that. It seems like he wanted everybody to do it. Then there's the other third one, which I definitely do not agree with. People say, well, Daniel was fearful, so he hid. That's not true. This guy was willing to open his windows and pray no matter what. He went into the lion's den, so that didn't bother him. We don't know where he was. You know, I think what's going to happen, it's going to be a lot of questions answered, right, Joe? We get to heaven and be like, Daniel, real, real quick, where were you in chapter three? Because we were wondering. People have been asking. Can you tell us? He's like, oh, yeah. And he's, there's going to be an answer. And so when when you don't know, when you're reading through Scripture, you kind of just speculate and you just leave it there and until you, you get more information. Some of that information comes when we get to glory. Yeah, you know, I, and I think, too, when we get to heaven— the questions that we once have, we'll probably say, that's not really important anymore. <laughs> well, no, I think we're just going to be yeah. so blown away and just uh, so excited. Uh, I don't need to know the answer to that. But maybe maybe we'll remember it and that we'll bring it up to, hey, Daniel, where were you? You know, kind of a thing and, and have a conversation with him. Uh, the name Nebuchadnezzar, uh, it means, oh, God, Nabu, protect my son. And uh, as far as I know, and John, maybe you know better than I, um, I don't know if there's uh, another Nebuchadnezzar than the Nebuchadnezzar we find in around 602, 605 BC, you know, and so forth, as he leads the Babylonian Empire in the invasion of uh, of is of the southern kingdom of Israel and so forth. It became the second great. There was the Assyrian Empire, then the Babylonian Empire, then the Medo Persian Empire, Grecian Empire, then the Roman Empire, the times of Jesus. And the the last day's empire is going to be the revived Roman Empire of the Antichrist, and uh, that's taking the forming right before our very eyes, and it's coming. It will come together in the tribulation period. But uh, do you have any uh, recollection that there is a multiple Nebuchadnezzars? I'm not. I know that there anything is anything like that. Yeah, there's not. You know, there's Nebuchadnezzar the second, but I think that was Nebuchadnezzar. And I and the other thing is there. There was a general. I remember uh, Nebuzaradan, who was uh, you know one of the guys that fought for uh, for Nebuchadnezzar, and he destroyed the temple and most of Jerusalem. But but whether there's more than one Nebuchadnezzar, like there would be more than one Caesar, um, I'm uncertain of that. I am. I am certain of the one Nebuchadnezzar that we read about uh, during Daniel's day and that built the statue and God, you know, turned him into an ox and, you know, grew his nails and his hair and he ate grass for seven years. I mean, I know about that guy. Uh, and But the ones that came after him, um, I don't know of a second Nebuchadnezzar, but there were rulers in Babylon who followed him. Remember by the time Daniel was in his, in his latter years, um, you know, there was his, I think it was his grandson or his great grandson was then ruling and the, the writing was on the wall and, and it was revealed to him. So there was another person who followed, succeeded Nebuchadnezzar, but I don't, I don't know that it was a separate, uh, with the same name. In other words, his, his dad's name, Nebuchadnezzar's dad's name was Nabopolassar. 
And uh, so, uh, you know, it sounds similar. I don't know if the, there was a mention of that, but uh, that's about the best we can do for you at this time, uh, Terry. Uh, anything else you have for us? Uh, no, that's that's everything. Thank you. Hey, God bless you, and stay on the line. We'll get you those those gifts and videos, and and of course the Chuck Missler's uh, a series on Book of Revelation and Mike's books. It's time to grow. Thank you for calling. May you have a beautiful day. Let's go to. Uh, looks like um, is it Sheila? Yeah, Sheila in Weaverville, North Carolina. Sheila, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Fabulous. How can we help you out? Okay, I have a couple or several yes or yes or no questions for uh, Ezekiel chapter thirty-eight, verse one. Magog is that referring to Russia? That's a yes. Okay, is it Russia and other northern European countries, or just Russia? It's the region up there of Russia, and uh, you'll find that uh, it includes uh, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan. Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, and so forth, is mainly known as the region of Magog. And Rosh you have as Russia and that whole area up there. So that's kind of the region that we're looking at. In verse 5, Persia, is that Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan? Uh, yes, it is. Or not? You're looking at Iran especially. And, uh, yeah, it, it is Iran. Okay. Jump in there, John, uh, if you have uh, any other information. Go ahead. Bush would be Ethiopia, you know. um, It refers to ancient Ethiopia. Um, Put would be uh, reference to Libya. And, uh, you know, the Gomar and Togomar, some people say that's part of Germany, uh, the Balkan states, Turkey, you know, places like that. I, but it, what's fascinating to me as you, as you look at these things is these nations typically were not united. However, in the last, oh, I'd say last 10 years or less, there has been some movement in those areas that has been, uh, significant. For example, if you, you look at, let's say, you know, you're looking at Persia and it was around January 20th. This is about, this is a few years ago, but, um, there was an intergovernmental agreement that was signed long-term multifaceted military cooperation with, with Iran that was put together. And this was, this was with Russia. And this was the first time in 15 years that a Russian defense minister had actually visited Iran and it underlined the growing military and diplomatic ties between both countries. And then, then these other countries, then in, uh, Russia minister of defense went to Ethiopia and renewed their country's historical ties that go all the way back to 1896. And during that meeting, they were developing bilateral relationship and the cooperation of economy and trade and military cooperation. What, what, and I just point this out and there's more that could be said on this subject, but, but these nations that are mentioned are suddenly like puzzle pieces, Sheila, they're coming together and 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 you can see the prophetic picture starting to take shape as it relates to the book of Ezekiel and that war that one day will take place. And I'll add to this, April 4th, 2018, you have the handshaking of Putin, Erdogan, mm-hmm. Putin of Russia, Erdogan of Turkey, and uh, the president, Hassan Rouhani of Iran, uh, shaking together in their uh, agreements and so forth. And when you look at that, Gomer and, and Tagarma, mainly speaking of Turkey. I've heard also some have said 
Germany, but I believe it's mainly talking of Turkey. See, Turkey has really turned under er- er- Erdogan, their president, uh, that uh, the toward Islam, of course, and also his uh, his showing signs of his dislike of Israel, of course, and his support of the uh, of uh, the work of Ar- Iran, Hezbollah, and even though they're not saying it, but Hamas, because they they all want Israel wiped off the face of the earth. And Erdogan right now is trying to walk a kind of a balancing act because he's part of NATO and Europe, but yet he's pushing so much is in Islam. He's even said that he would like to to see the rise up of the old Ottoman Empire under his leadership, of course. And then, of course, you have Putin there. He'd like to see the old Soviet Union reconstituted and so forth. And it seems like these these old empires, if you will, these gentlemen think for some reason they're going to rise them up from the dead once again. And I I believe this is all, you know, the Bible talks about demons in charge of countries and, and so forth. These thoughts are coming into their minds and maybe I could be this world leader, this great power of what it once was and see what we can do. But there's, there's a stickler and it's called is Israel. And, uh, they're, they're in agreement that this is that they want to get rid of them. And the Bible says not only will, will these nations be against Israel in that invasion of Ezekiel 38 and 39, that great war of, we call it the war of Ezekiel, uh, in the last days. But also we know that the Bible says all the nations will ultimately come against Israel in the tribulation period. And that's found in Psalm 2. And uh, right now, uh, they just took a vote in the United Nations regarding Israel and what's going on. And I think, uh, for the most part, most of the nations voted against Israel. And uh, But there's probably about six or seven that voted for Israel. And thank goodness we, as the United States, was still one of them. And so we see this this forming. Uh, they call it the United Nations, but it's really the United Nations against Israel is what's taking place. But these are these are biblical times. These are prophetic times. These are times that show us the Lord is coming very soon, and we need to be soul winners and disciples in these last days. Uh, does that help you out, dear sister? Yes, but I still have some more uh, okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm wondering about. Uh, I understood you to say Gomer is Turkey. Yes. And verse With 13. In verse 13, uh, I can't pronounce it. Sheba, oh, S-H-E-B-A, is, is that? Saudi Arabia. Shibandita okay. is the region of Saudi Arabia. Okay. And Tarshish, what would that be? Well, some have thought of it as being towards uh, towards England, uh, as far as north of England. And, okay. uh, and then it says, and all their young lions, which many believe Bible scholars have taught that that could be an offspring of Tarshish, England, which would be the United States of America. And it's interesting that in that passage, it says that those folks will just say, what, what, what are you doing? Have you come to take the plunder, the spoil? In other words, they're not doing anything. They're not engaging themselves in the, in the fight against Israel. They just sit back and they're just saying, what are you guys doing? Why are you invading like this? And you have, uh, of course, Saudi Arabia wants to pr- always protect its oil and their, their kingdom. And that's why these things are taking place, uh, in the scriptures. And we see that today, right now, there's an agreement between Saudi Arabia and Israel, they don't, they don't want to engage. And the Shiite Muslims of Iran uh, are against the Sunni Muslims of, uh, of Saudi Arabia, and the Shiites don't like the, uh, the kingdom over there. Folks, hey, great question. Stay on the line. We'll get you those gifts, uh, Sheila, and we're looking forward to tomorrow's program. May you all have a great, great day, and uh, may you enjoy the Lord. John, thank you so much for being on the air. Great answers, and uh, 
Uh, may you just be blessed in the Lord. And don't forget to invite those unsaved family and friends to church this Sunday. God bless you, folks. Go for God. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 